We are just two days away from Razorback football kicking off against Cincinnati. And on today's podcast, we're going to break down some of the things that I would like to see the Razorbacks do and not do in their first game against the Bearcats. Also, I want to discuss a really, really stupid, stupid SEC rule that's going to be in place this year, which I'm sure is going to screw over a lot of teams, especially Arkansas. But it's all coming up here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday as uh, we are just this close to Razorback football season getting kicked off. And uh, we're going to have the final podcast of the offseason tomorrow, which is so much fun. And I'm going to be heading up to Fayetteville, going to the game, partying it up. It's going to be awesome, especially if Arkansas wins. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm getting the jitters. I'm getting the butterflies because not only it, it, just the aspect of winning games and having football, but just being there, man, being in Razorback Stadium with a top 25 matchup with both teams, you know, it just, it doesn't happen near as often as it should. And so when it does happen, you got to take advantage of it. So I'm just so excited for it to actually all go down the way that we've always wanted to and all the ways we wanted to see it as well. But either way, uh, it's an exciting time. And uh, as we get to that point on tomorrow's podcast, I'll be able to do my predictions, my MVPs, all my previews, all that stuff uh, from what I think Arkansas is going to do in that game too. But today I, I wanted to dive into maybe a step before that. Some things that I would like to see, because I think that there's always going to be things that each and every one of you would like to see specifically, whether it's from a certain player, whether it's from a certain unit, positions, uh, you know, side of the ball, coaching, like whatever. There's things that we all want to see in these games, and in particular, your season opener, that may give you something that you're excited about or something that you're not sure about, whatever it may be, give you some sort of answer in the beginning game. And for me, there's a few things that I would love to see. Now, if I don't see these things, it's not like I don't think the season's going to be successful. It's not like I think that suddenly things are going to be wrong. It's just something that I would like to see. And if I do see it, I'm just going to get a little bit more excited. I'm going to feel a little bit more comfortable and confident about the direction that Arkansas is going. So uh, first off, the thing that I would like to see the most, first and foremost, I want to see Arkansas come out and establish the run like in a way that almost gets me hot and bothered, like get, like gets me going. Like I want to see them go out there and from the very get-go of the game. Like I would love any ways that they can score, any ways that the offense can make it work. But there's just something incredibly endearing about a offense that can go out against a quality opponent and at the very start of the game line up hit the other team in the mouth and go straight down the field and be able to be successful, not only one possession, but multiple possessions in a row. Because they're, it's, it's twofold. One, it's extremely beneficial to the offense because not only are they pushing the other team around, they're having success doing it and they're scoring touchdowns, but they're working the clock. They're wearing down the defense. They're, they're getting them fatigued. They're, they're able to to wear them down physically. And also the other thing about it too, is that they would wear them down mentally, which may be even more important. It's extremely demoralizing 
for any team. Trust me, as a Razorback team, you, you've experienced this in previous years. But there's nothing more demoralizing than going out there, lining up as a defense, and no matter what scheme you draw up, no matter what you got going on, no matter how many defensive linemen you put on the line or how many blitzes packages that you send, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because the other team's pushing you around and running the ball down your throat. That's an extremely fun thing to see. And so I would love to see that. Like, I would love to see if Arkansas, because if they do that in the beginning, hold on to your butts. It's going to be a long day for Cincinnati if they can establish that run. And they got the running backs to do it. They got K.J. Jefferson as a quarterback to do it. And they have the offensive line that's able to do it. Can they do that, though? I'm, I think so. But I also want to respect Cincinnati. I want to respect them in the way of that they could offer some pushback, you know, on that defensive line. They got some experience there. So, you know, it, but if Arkansas is able to do that effectively from the very beginning of the game, not only am I going to feel good about the game, but I'm going to feel good about the season and, and going forward. Another thing I'd really like to see is Jalen Catalan uh, defensively. Uh, just go out there and be Jalen Catalan that we saw in 2020. Last year, not only was he out for the majority of the year, but he was dealing with injury even in the games that he was there, and he just didn't seem himself. And I'll, <clears throat> I'll never forget, I was with a buddy of mine watching the a I think it was the AM game, and seeing him miss a tackle, like a, a, ver a very easy, routine, typical tackle. And he says, he's like, and he looks at me, he's like, he's like, he's got to be hurt. He doesn't miss those. And I didn't think he was like, well, maybe he's just, you know, not playing well, something like that. Cause if he wasn't healthy, then he wouldn't be out there. But then come to find out he wasn't healthy and he had to sit out the rest of the year. So last year was kind of a wash for Jalen Catalan. He's had time to have the surgery. He's had time to recover. He's had time in these practices to be a leader and to be that guy. And I just really want him to come out swinging in this game. Not only being able to make big plays with some tackles, but you know maybe get an interception because he's really good at, at being a ball hawk, uh, finding ways to get to, get to the the turnovers there. I want to see him out there tackling. I want to see him out there, you know, showcasing that all American ability that we all know that he has and that he has shown previously. Because if he does that, like I'm not saying that that's what was missing from the Razorback defense last year because you had a good Razorback defense. But that really sets the tone for the defense, too, when you have a guy to that caliber, especially at the safety position, being that leader. It's going to be one of those things that where if he's that good, it's going to trickle down and make everybody else better. It's going to make quarterbacks want to throw away from him. It's going to make wide receivers think twice about trying to go over the middle against him. Like His presence being out there alone is going to be a great enough to where it can affect games in various ways as well. So... I would love to see him come out and, and really perform at the highest level. Uh, another thing I'd love, I'd love to see, and this is more of the mystery part of it too, is I'd love to see the pressure on the quarterback. Like Arkansas's defense last year did so many things well, and they were a time there was a team where in some games and uh, some of the big games even the defense is what kept the team in the game. Like A and M, that game the defense won you that game. LSU the defense won you that game. Like. There were times where that happened and you needed to rely on them to be able to help you out. I think that this year the defense can be better, but since there's so much mystery on that defensive line, even last year they didn't do a very good job of rushing the passer. Can they do that this year? We've heard that Drew Sanders is a guy that can get after the quarterback. We've heard that some of the guys on the outside can get after the quarterback. Joshua Stewart's one of those guys that says look good in practices, but 
you know, as good as it's looked in practice, I want to see it. Like, I want to see pressure on the quarterback because there is nothing more infuriating, especially as a defense and especially if you're a Razorback fan, than when you're out there, you're watching your team play and the cornerbacks are doing a great job of covering the wide receivers. The safeties are doing a great job staying in their zones. You got the linebackers, whether it's a quarterback spy or, or whatever, you know, they're in their positions and they're doing what they need to do. But you have four or five, maybe even sometimes six, guys rushing the passer and nobody comes close to him and he just sits back there waits 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 boom finds a guy wide open like there's nothing more infuriating than that so i'd love to see some sort of pressure and i think that it would be a nice deal in this game because cincinnati has a really good and experienced offensive line so in the fact that they have that it'll be a good test it'll be a good measuring stick to show where this team is at if they struggle to rush the passer against cincinnati they're probably going to struggle in a lot of the games this year. But if they get after the quarterback, if they get after him and they, they make it tough on him, they put a lot of pressure on him. I think that those are the things that will probably give you a lot of confidence that this team will be able to do it in other SEC games as well. So th those are a few things. I'd also like to see just some small like details, but it's like not, kind of meaningless. I want to see the kickoff go out of bounds or not out of bounds, not to go out of bounds go into the end zone consistently. I want to see that. It may seem like a small minor thing, but we know, uh, was it Calvaruso from last year? He was the kickoff specialist. He's transferred out and went to Wisconsin. He kicked them off consistently into the end zone. Will this new guy, or will it be Cam Little out there kicking off? We don't know exactly who's going to be it just yet, but whoever it is, get it to the end zone consistently. That's what I want to see. Like Stuff like that I want to see. I want to see a penalties limited. I don't want to see a bunch of players lining up in a, in a bad formation on special teams. You know, that was something that frustrated me and all of us so many times. It's like, why, why, why is it consistently are they run, lining up offsides or uh, lining up in the wrong position on special teams or on punt return or punts or whatever, and it ended up being a penalty? Like, that's extremely frustrating, and I'm hoping that that's cleared up and fixed. So, like, those are the small details I want to see as well. Um, and you know, I would, I also would just love to see a, a good start. And that's what it comes down to a good start. I want to see a good start last year. You did not have a good start against rice. You were down at halftime, but you came back and won, which was great, but I want to see a good start. I want to see that this team is not letting the, 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 the pressure or the jitters get to them. They just go out and take care of business. And if they do that, it's full go. I can't wait for the rest of the season to continue to play out. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games at BetOnline, which is also your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions at Bet Online, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so uh, I know that we're, we're really all in game week, and, and I'm almost getting to the point where I'm like, man, I'm just grasping at straws here of trying to figure out like, all right, what, how, what's other angles I can take on things, which, you know, I'm, I'm 
you know, seeing that tug in cheek. Obviously, I could talk about the Razorbacks and talk about the game week all day long. But, you know, there are some things, though, that I do want to address or I do want to talk about and something that came out yesterday uh, that really just boiled my nuggets. And I I hate, I hate SEC officiating. We all do. We're Razorback fans. We hate it. And we hate officiating in general in college football and a lot of aspects. Now, there are some things that I like that are that like the the rules in college football are compared to the NFL. Like, I like the fact that you only need one foot inbounds to catch a ball. Like, I, I like that fact. Uh, I like the fact that uh, the overtime rules are so much better, even though they changed them. I don't like them as much, but the overtime rules are so much better in college football. I, don't, I still don't understand why anyone prefers uh, NFL overtime. Uh, but there are some things about college football that I prefer. But the thing is, is let's be honest, when it comes to defense, when it comes to targeting, when it comes to defenseless pe- players and all that nonsense, it, it's dumb. Like it, it, there's no, it's just too black and white. It's where you either miss the tackle or don't tackle as hard. Or if you do tackle in a certain way in a bang, bang play in the heat of a moment, you get ejected and you, you, your team loses you for the rest of the game. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. And it just seems like they're not doing enough to make that better. Well, I saw that this rule came out and was officially announced from the NCAA and the SEC officiating Twitter account retweeted this. And it is called Rule 2-27-14-A. Defenseless player. We all know about defenseless player. But in this case, it's a defenseless player who is the passer. Article 14. A defenseless player is one who, because of their physical position and focus of concentration, is especially vulnerable to injury. When in question, a player is defenseless. Examples of defenseless players include, but are not limited to, a player in the act of or just after throwing a pass. This includes a player in a passing posture with focus downfield. Let me read that for you again. This is talking about a defensive, a defenseless player who is a quarterback, essentially. This is the definition of what could be considered a defenseless player and can be called for a penalty when it's the quarterback. Is a player who is in the act or just after throwing a pass? This includes a player in the passing posture. So sitting there with the ball in his hand, ready to throw, and his focus being downfield, if the player gets hit in that position, they are considered a defenseless player. Now, I'm hoping that maybe there's just something I'm missing here because this is a lot of fancy way of putting it. Maybe I'm misinterpreting this wrong, and I hope I am. But when I first saw this and read this, and I kept reading it over and over and over again, I'm like, the player in the act of or just after throwing? So a player in the act of throwing a pass, if he gets hit from behind, like if his if it's his blind side, is he considered a defenseless player? And if he gets hit, is that a penalty? Because he's a defenseless player? Or as soon as he throws the pass and he gets hit? Does that make him a defenseless player? And does that make him get called for a penalty? Basically, where he's in the passing posture and his focus is downfield, if he gets hit where he doesn't see the edge rusher coming, that's considered to be a defenseless player. 
No. 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 Again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that I am misinterpreting this. And if I am, please let me know because I am stupid. And sometimes I get too riled up about stupid things like this, especially when it comes to officiating. But there is no way in God's green earth that we can have it to where if a quarterback gets hit on his blind side, that is stupid movie made after this whole name because of how important the blind side is. Because if a quarterback gets hit there, there could be a fumble. They're, they're not focused. They don't see it coming. And it's, a, it's an integral part of the game. If that is considered to be a defenseless player where he gets called for a penalty, I'm meaning the defensive end, the linebacker, whoever hits him, I'm I'm out. Like that 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 has to change. That cannot be the case. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for when this happens in college football and it ends up being monumental in a game. I have a feeling it's going to happen this year when Arkansas goes to Auburn. Like it's 100% going to happen. Like you watch. It's going to Arkansas is going to have the lead very slim. It's going to be like 28 to 27. And, and Auburn's got the ball and there's you know, like a 48 seconds left and they're trying to go downfield and they go line up for a pass. And then the edge rusher comes out and boom, he just sacks uh, whoever their quarterback is at the time. Who knows? But he sacks the quarterback on fourth down. It's going to be a turnover on downs. Arkansas is going to get the ball back and all they got to do is kneel it. And the ref's going to throw that flag and say, personal foul, unnecessary roughness hitting the the quarterback because his back was turned because he didn't see it coming because we don't like football anymore. 15 yards, automatic first down. Auburn kicks the game-winning field goal, and there you have it. Calling my shot. It's going to happen. So, I, again, I, I hope I'm misinterpreting it. I hope that this is not something that's actually going to be called ad nauseum in college football. But I'm not saying – I understand protecting players. I understand that. I get it. But you cannot do it this way. You cannot take away elements of the game. You cannot take away somebody who is playing football. Like, what is he supposed to do? The quarterback's right there, dead to rights. He's in his sights. He's got a free range right at him. But his back is to him. You're telling me that that player, what's he going to do? Have to, well, I got to run over here and I got to stand in front of him first and then I can tackle him. Or does he have to come around and say, okay, well, I'm going to hit him but I got to kind of move aside and maybe do like a little arm tackle because if I hit him too hard, then it'll be necessary roughness. Like, what is he supposed to do? How are you supposed to do that? I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. Hey, NCAA and officiating, why don't you focus more on fixing the stupid targeting penalty? Why don't you focus on that to where kids don't have to sit out for the rest of a major game or in some cases have to sit out the rest of the half for a major game and then the next half in another major game because of a bang-bang play that none of us can ever understand how difficult it is to avoid from doing that. Why don't you fix that instead of worrying about the poor little quarterback because his blindside tackle couldn't block efficiently and he had free reign on him and then getting called for that for a penalty? Stop trying to overthink things, stop trying. I, I get it. Player safety is important. We all understand that. And we all want that. But it is a gladiator sport. And there are certain aspects of the sport where things are going to happen that way. I am all for taking out, you know, crown to crown, helmet to helmet hits. Like that shouldn't happen. That's bad news bears. I'm all for that. But when you're talking about a quarterback who just doesn't see it coming when he gets hit, like, 
What about a running back when he's running the ball and he's focused downfield and he's running the ball? And then he got has a guy come to the side that he doesn't see coming. Boom, hits him. Is he a defensive player, defenseless player? His focus was downfield. He was running the ball. He was in the running ball, running the ball posture. I don't get it. I don't like it. it needs to change. It's stupid. <sighs> I just can't wait for Arkansas to get screwed over in that. But either way, you know what's not stupid, though? And you know what's not going to screw you over? Brady Industries. Attention all cleaning and food service professionals. Brady Industries has been pioneering the way products and solutions have been delivered to you the cleaning and food service community since 1947. Brady is new to the Arkansas community and as of 2019, and the company has decades of experience serving more than 25,000 customers all over the country. And there's only one guy, one guy in the entire world that you need to call to take care of all of your food service and janitorial needs. His name is Aaron Smith, Razorback fan, great guy, know him personally. He's definitely going to get you taken care of from cleaning chemicals to food service and amenity products. Aaron at Brady Industries has all the things that you need. Aaron takes pride in providing exceptional value and service to his customers and offers expertise and innovative solutions to meet even the highest and toughest challenges. So call Aaron today and he'll help you get the best value for your facility and you, your food service budget. And you can call Aaron Smith at Brady Industries, 501-424-8837. Or you can visit supplies.bradyindustries.com to browse all that they have to offer. But really, just give my guy Aaron a call. Great Razorback fan, great guy, and we always want to help out uh, fellow Arkansans and fellow Razorback fans. Call him at 501-424-8837. And if you mention that you heard him on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, he's going to give you a great deal. He's going to take an additional 15% off. So call my guy Aaron Smith over at Brady Industries. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so in our final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, um, and there's football tonight. I'm, I'm so excited about it, too. Like actual good football, quality football teams that are going to be really interesting and see how it goes for them, uh, especially with. Uh, the SEC and uh, games like Tennessee and Ball State, uh, you know, it's good to see them. And, uh, you know, I, am, am, I, am I expecting anything like Ball State to upset Tennessee? No, but it would be kind of funny if they did. But you have that game. You have Oklahoma State and Central Michigan. Uh, Wake Forest is playing VMI. Ooh. But uh, Pittsburgh and West Virginia could be a pretty good game. Uh, Pittsburgh's 17th in the country. And uh, that's a big rivalry between them. So who knows? Maybe that could be end up being a pretty good game, too. But. Uh, either way, it'll be good to see them play. You got uh, Purdue and Penn State. That's another game tonight that uh, normally would have been in a, in a really good position and possibly a top 25 matchup, but alas, it's not. You also have uh, Missouri tonight against Louisiana Tech. And uh, all right, Arizona State plays as well. Like There's a few games going on tonight that uh, are going to be really fascinating. Um, here's my thing, because I just thought about these teams that are playing uh, from the SEC tonight. Uh, I actually really like Tennessee this year. I don't think that they're going to uh, win the East, but I do I do like them to compete for that second spot. It's going to be between them and uh, them and Kentucky. Florida could be my dark horse, but I think it's going to be between Tennessee and uh, Kentucky. But the thing about Tennessee, and this is why it's like I really like them as a team, but they have to go to Pittsburgh this year. Like we just talked about them being a top team. Then they have Florida at LSU, Bama. 
all in a row. It's three really tough games. They're not beating Bama. LSU, we'll see what they are. They could be good. They could not be good. But then, you know, we'll see. And then Florida, I think, is a dark horse. And then they have UT Martin. Then they play Kentucky at Georgia. And then they end in the season pretty easy with Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. So uh, I just think it's a really tough schedule for them, and especially with their Eastern opponents. Is ends up being Bama and LSU. Not exactly ideal, but uh, I like their chances to do, you know, eight and four, nine and three, something like that. I think that's absolutely possible. But Missouri, on the other hand, uh, I don't like Missouri, as you all know. I think I can't, I hate Eli Drinkwitz. That guy's a goober. But uh, I think that this year, like I was looking at their schedule, of course, they play in the SEC East, and uh, there are two West teams as Arkansas, of course, and Auburn. But they have Louisiana Tech, they play at Kansas State, Abilene Christian, then at Auburn. They get Georgia at home, at Florida, Vanderbilt at home, at South Carolina, Kentucky at home, at Tennessee, New Mexico State, and then Arkansas at home too. So they have like, without a doubt, probably one of the easiest schedules you could have by being in the East. Uh, like in that non-conference schedule, I don't know what that is. At Kansas State? Come on now. And, but either way, it must be nice to have some of those games on the schedule. I don't think Missouri is going to be any good. I think that they, here's the thing, they'll probably go seven and five. But it's not because they're good, but because their schedule's so easy. Like Louisiana Tech's horrible. They'll win that game. They could be Kansas State. I'm really who knows about that one. Abilene Christian. I mean, their SEC games will probably be Vanderbilt. Maybe I don't know. Vanderbilt could be interesting. I don't know. I'm trying to talk now. I may be talking my way into looking at Missouri's schedule. They could go one and seven, uh, just depending on how these teams go out there. But anyways, I just I just really root against Missouri, and I really hope they lose every single game. And I'm totally fine with that if that ends up happening. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then.